What's the most underestimated characteristic of a great leader? We talked about cornerstones. Mm. What are people not talking about? What's AI never going to come up with that is a great aspect of a leader? Hello and welcome to Sparks, a series by Interactive Workshops. From how to spark culture, to how to spark a promotion, to how to spark the return of a blockbuster guest, Cody Rowland back Guess in the who's house. Back. Welcome back, Cody. Back again. Glad to be here. Cody's back. Tell your friends. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? <laughs> in this episode, we are going to be talking about leadership. It's a topic we'll probably come back to on the podcast again and again. It's not one you can do justice to in half an hour, but specifically, we'll talk about how to spark a leadership style in this episode, which and I'm you looking forward to. spark style. Look at you. Oh, thank you, John. Is that, So is you. it a clothing-related leadership yeah, style? Yeah, it's how to, how to dress as a leader. I mean, Cody's got it, hasn't you he? you got to look the part, right? Yeah. This guy always looks good, actually. Even on a bad day, looking good. Actually, you're the same. Looking thank good. You. Yeah. Thank you. You're both very vain same and shallow. <laughs> well, that's one way to put it. Yeah. Maybe that's a leadership style. Thanks, John. Yeah, we'll come back to that. <laughs> We'll cover separately, I think, the episode on dressing to impress oh, as a leader. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. A fashion episode. I've actually got a big meeting later on this afternoon. And I know I haven't really got the right clothes in my bag, so I might go to a shop on the way and get... Oh, yeah. Maybe we do that episode as a vlog of us in Westfield. I would love that. That would be fun, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, how are you both? How are you doing? Great. Excited to be here. Excited to be back. It's mm. great to be back for another week. I'm really, really good. I'm, I find this topic very challenging, though, Chris. I'm a little bit nervous because it's something that I'm supposed to be good at, but I still find really difficult leadership. And style. Both of them separately. Both difficult. Yeah. 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 And combining that into a leadership style. It's not something maybe we've all got figured out, but we're going to explore that together. Definitely. Um, firstly, what is a leadership style? What are we talking about? It's not fashion. Is I, it? I, I'm thinking in this topic that we all lead in different ways. I'm, I'm not thinking one of those bo- sets of boxes with, uh, you know, dominant and da da da. I'm thinking we've all got our unique style, our unique way of doing our life. And we've all got, therefore, unique ways of leading the things that we lead. And I'm thinking like the individual differences between different leaders. We know, we know human beings are incredibly unique, aren't they? What, what amazing creatures. Uh, you watch the nature program of humans and we're patrolling around, living our lives, different passions. And then at various points, some of us have to lead and we then lead in a certain way, a certain style, our own style. Sometimes we're trying to pick things from other people's styles or we're trying to conform to a set of set of rules about how a leader should lead or our organization's expectations. So yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, our own style and especially if you've got Cody here, it's going to be very expensive to get him in for every episode. Could we find out a bit about Cody's leadership style, the people he's, he's led and been led by and contrast that with other ways of doing things. Mm, the interesting thing about Cody, and I'll, I'll uh, let you uh, share a bit about your leadership style in a moment. People love working for you and everyone you've worked with I've heard of people that have joined us for for workshops and people that have talked about their experience of you and just have loved working with you why is that is there something about your style that people like I'm just a lovable guy <laughs> you are a lovable guy you, that's, that's true but is I, that I, it well I, I think it's an intentionality I I put people first in I try to put people first in in all that I do and I'm not perfect in that and, but I will say that that's, I, I, I'll, I'll maybe call out my own uh, failings a little bit, that that's not maybe the 
perfect style or the, the best style always. I think that there are times in which I'm, there are, you can be too people centric or with any style, if you lean too heavily into it and that's your only go-to style, it doesn't make you a great leader across the board. So I, I love that people love to work with me. I love to work with people and I, I try to make people comfortable around me, but does that make me a, a, or anybody a great leader? I'm, I would challenge that and say, probably not. There's probably more to it than just people want to be around you. Mm. I'm thinking, I was just having an epiphany that you guys have both got sim- some similarities of style because you're also similarly, like you put other people first, like Cody does. You really yeah. uh, want to make a good ambiance. We talked about people pleasing as quite a, as a thing you can own, actually. Not in so much a negative way. It can be negative. But you both you have that value set. We have you, the value you, set, yeah. You want to make people delighted and happy. And yeah, yeah. What am I doing wrong, guys? Why's you've got, gone, you've got a different gone? style, though. How would you describe the, di- the difference in your style, Jonna? <sighs> I'm going through a bit of a leadership style crisis at the moment, if I'm honest. This is probably quite a good place to talk about it. But this can be your therapy. I, yeah. I'm one of those people, what's got me here won't get me there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm currently working with a leadership coach, Mike. Uh, not the mic. Not that mic. Not this mic. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, I mean, I've, I, I'm good at leading workshops. I, I'm a good at animating. I'm good, really good at that. I've got a belief in empowerment, so I like to you know, enthuse and then get other people motivated and then let them get on with it. I'm prepared to take bets on youth and take risks and say, well, you might not be quite experienced enough, but you're good enough. Go for it. I like to set out not exactly missions, but goals and say, like, we're going here, we're going there. But I'm finding the the move into senior leadership, executive level leadership, really challenging because a lot of it seems to be Excel. And having what one of our clients once described to me as boring meetings with Excel with the same people every week. Like, but it's a, fi- a financial, it's a commercial, it's you're working with people who are not high potentials on their way up that you can say, it doesn't matter if you got it wrong. You work with people that are experienced that really should know what they're doing. If there's any problems, it's like, they should, why, why are they not done it like this? Like they, they've been here long enough. That, so I, th- I feel like the, the um, enthusing style that I've had doesn't really work at that senior level. Like, if imagine you've got a set of senior leaders and then the boss of those people, and then all the all the boss, great work today, Cody, well done. <laughs> like, oh, you're doing so well. Like, that doesn't, that that works with lower levels. It works with workshop people. It doesn't really work with senior leaders. Yeah, different they're, generations they're, maybe looking they, for different things as I well. I don't want to make a hand signal, but they might tell you to, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave it alone. At risk of splitting hairs here though, are what is what you're talking about leadership or management? Uh, don't really mind. Don't care. Uh, One and the same or not? It, it could be. It care. could be. It could be that there's overlaps. My 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 thought process on that is that I don't know any successful leaders who don't have to do lots of management. I agree. So to be successful as a leader, I think that's just one of the quadrants that you've got to be good at. Mm. Uh, I don't know any leadership jobs that have no management, but maybe executive leadership does a bit more because you've delegated that to a, a COO or whatever else. But that's that's what's coming around the corner at me probably. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, coach. Well, no, but, but I agree that, that for me, it's, it's two sides of the same coin, that the end result of both leadership or management is you're trying to achieve, you're trying to motivate others to achieve some positive goal. How you go about doing it may be different if you're using, leaning into leadership styles or management, but it's all in the name of helping people achieve something greater than, than themselves. And yeah. so what you might be bumping up against is less a leadership challenge because I'll, from personal experience, I joined IW because I wanted to work with your, you and your leadership. Oh, thanks, Cody. I'm appreciate that. And I was always inspired when I worked with you, when you were one of my vendors. And oh, I was just a vendor then. 
Yeah, not a friend. Just well, a vendor. Inspired, but vendor. <laughs> <laughs> but I kept I kept you on the payroll. I kept you. Uh, He's messing with you. <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to the lowly vendor. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. Not a partner. Not a not a tier one supplier. Like not a, like vendor. 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 You, but you were leading us then. Client yeah. vendor. Yeah. Yeah. We're following you, pal. True. It has to be. I think there was. I think it was a, a symbiotic relationship mm. because I I came to you for ideas, for inspiration, for new ways of thinking, for mm. uh, the guidance, maybe guidance leading the way. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, I just to maybe challenge your own thinking about yourself. I think you have that. It's just a matter of applying it in in different ways. Yeah, and I'm I think not, that's I'm what probably only really joking about. about feeling I'm not doing real well. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. No, but it's, I guess I'm, you could look at it and well, I'm good at leading missions. So mm. if I was on the um, mm. on the the rocket going to the moon, mm. I think I'd be great. Mm. But as the man back at base camp manning mission control, mm. just checking all those monitors and making sure that not even sitting at the monitor, but just, just overview of monitors, it's a little bit more boring mm. than mm. the being on the spaceship, being the star of the show. I think we've already seen your leadership styles, maybe, in that you've gone on the rocket of a crisis and Cody's tried to care for you and yeah, yeah, bring you back. He's probably better than me. Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we just talking about personality, really, applied to leadership? Is that what leadership style is? Or is it, is it more than that? What do you think, Cody? I think personality definitely plays a role in it, but I do believe leadership, including leadership styles, which to me is just leadership applied, is a learned skill. And so you can learn to be that visionary. It may be easier for someone that naturally has those personality traits, but I think you can learn that just as you could learn football skills or Excel skills or, or any skill. Leadership is a, a skill, but with any strength, you will, you'll just naturally gravitate towards one style or another. And so it's the good leaders are those that are able to develop skills in all different styles. I wonder if it relates back to our T and V-shape arguments, Christoph. We love this. So the T-shape career, very deep in one area, not a lot of expertise in others. The V-shape, deep in one, but good knowledge of the styles close by or the areas close by. I personally, when I am doing leadership development as a, as a leadership development coach or, or facilitator, I, I'm, I've come to the opinion that you shouldn't bother trying to do the other ones too much. So I, I don't like the wanky authenticity movement that, oh, you've got to find out who you really are and you've got to be your full self in every moment of every day. And there's, you've got to be authentic. I mean, like management level, for example, you can't always be authentic because you may have a difficult message to give that you also don't agree with and you've got to give it and you've got to represent it. So, uh, but I do think that um, it's very, very tempting to try and uh, jump into other styles. I'd be keener to see what I can learn from other styles but my experience of working with leaders is they don't really change that much most of the time. They don't actually really grow in quite often as well. If I've got a leader that I work with that does a lot of micromanagement, they could work with one of the world's most foremost leadership coaches and I could help them get out of it. But it's likely that they might return to it because our life is somehow more of a circle to me than a, a, a progression line. So if they are into micromanagement and they do for a time manage to get out of it, uh, it might require considerable sustained effort to stay out of it. And if they, if they don't keep making that effort, they fall back into it. So I'd personally rather try and get an alignment with who you are, how you like to operate, jobs that need to be done, context you're in, set that up, and then hire in around that, team with other people yes. with all those different skills. Mm -hmm. And I, hopefully then you can get that, 
that working feeling where you don't have to be putting in a lot of uncomfortable extra effort to try to be something you're not, you know? Yes, because if the leader has to be everything to everybody, that leader's going to burn out. They absolutely have to have a team around them that can that bring those complementary skills or styles because you're right, one person can't can't do everything. Yeah. We've talked about how understanding the science sometimes just doesn't help you. It's interesting how the brain works, but it, it doesn't you know, help you. I love that. I, I, know, I know that this is, uh, this is something you said before. Does it help to know your leadership style? Or is that just... Oh, cool. It's so quite I'm reductionist. A, I'm a dominant leader. It's reductionist, a, isn't it? It's, yeah. So, so in, it could take you out of the moment. So, if, if we've got Chris Lissaman, he's just Chris Lissaman. Chris Lissaman is, Chris Lissaman does, just be, your, be it. Chris Lissaman live will. It. Chris Lissaman will, will live it. Yeah. Versus, oh, Chris, you're quite a, um, uh, you know, amiable style of leader. And therefore, we'd like you to be more visionary and maybe be more organized. It just it takes you out of who you are. Uh, so I think, I mean, it can help. It can help generate awareness, but it also can take you out into a kind of abstract world of different th- thoughts and different attempts to try and, you know, be, be in all the boxes. Don't know if you need it. Is, what, is it a time and place thing? Is it something that there is a time and a place to put yourself out of your natural flow? A time and place to be more reflectionary. Reflectionary? Is that a word? Reflection. Reflective. Reflective. Um, reflective. I'm just reflection. reflecting on that for a minute. I think it's the yeah. time and place to be more reflectionary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, but there are, there are times, and I think also when you think about the the arc of someone's career, early on in their career, learning more about yourself and your styles may be more beneficial in that time because you you are trying to figure out what your style is and how you're going to manage different and handle different, different challenges, different mm. situations. But I could also see later on in your career when you are very entrenched, very ingrained in your ways of doing things to take a step back and reflect and say, well, is there a different way? Is there a better way to do it? I'm, and maybe that comes from someone who is naturally ref, uh, a reflector. And so it's, I, I appreciate the times to step back and, and analyze and think, is there a better way to do things? So I personally believe there is. Leadership but. doing or leadership being. Surely more powerful in the being, isn't it? To me. I think the leader you are is more important than the leader you act as. I think the, lead, the leader I am way more important than, important than the leader I do. The leader you do. Mm. Cody? Big kid? Let me reflect on that. The glasses? The so you see you as a reflector, are yeah. right? we got We got all day. Yeah. I mean, we've just nothing but time. Leader do, leader be. I agree. I believe it is more important who you are than the 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 front the the facade that you put on as as a leader and I think too many leaders fall into that trap of trying to be that prototypical leader as opposed to just being themselves and I agree with the thought about authenticity and I'm not a huge fan of that entire movement I think there I do think it's really important I just don't like the movement yeah I I agree (laughs) And, but there is an element of you do have to be true to, you have to know thyself and be true to thyself to be a, be a good leader. Yeah. I, I, again, a caveat on the movement, partly because it's just incredibly obvious. Like if, if you had the other movement, so we're the inauthentic leader movement. You need to become less authentic Mm. Be something you should you're learn not. to Put be something you're not. Better mask. It's just, yeah. I, yeah, wear a better, wear a stronger. Yeah. Better. Yeah. I guess there yeah. was that was part of maybe some of the eighties um, mm. leadership movements. But I just that's part the authentic thing is just it's just obvious to me. Mm. You can't keep up a fake you forever. Some people try, 
do you really need that pointed out? It's like healthy eating. Like, do, do you really need it pointed out? It's not, you don't need it pointed out, you just need to do it. Mm. But like, it's not actually as easy as just doing it, is it? But I just, I, it's the movement part. And, and there's obviously some action that you need to do. You can't just say, yeah. well, I'm a great leader. I'm going to sit here and let people follow oh, me. Oh, that's great. I think that's good. Is that good? Probably do Did that. you do yeah. that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I reckon you could actually. I'm taking the rest of the week off. But that probably would help. Um, I, I guess, coming back to kind of different styles, an entrepreneurial style versus a corporate style. And an entrepreneurial style, Zuckerberg, uh, Anita Roddick, one of the ones I first started with when I first started my career and I was at the body shop. Massive organization, first day, Anita Roddick comes around to my desk. Hi, I'm Anita. What are you doing here? Entrepreneurial style. That's not what uh, Chuck at Cisco is probably doing, you know, or the, the big corporates. But... but um, yeah, there are there are different styles, and I do think so. I really like to follow the care to dare model, the uh, attachment psychology, and and that that model says that you you know you you want to challenge yourself to take risks and do new things. When you do that, you'll become stretched. When you're stretched, you need a secure base to come back to, and that secure base at that point stretched ideally needs to not say why didn't you do this better, even though I do do that. Uh, why has this gone wrong? Even though I do say that. But they say, don't worry, I'm here, we can solve this together, let me support you, and then charge them back up. But the key thing about that secure-based leader is they've got to be available. And that's why I think that a good leader can just be sat there doing nothing, saying, follow me. Is because if you're too busy, and your diary's too full, and your head's too full, your emotions are too full, and you're out too much, you can be away, it's no problem, but are you available? Are you emotionally available? And is your calendar available? And uh, people will always say to me, oh, you, you must be really busy. Like, look at my diary. There's about three things in there for the week. And they'll say, oh, you, must be, you must be busy. I'm not busy. I'm available. That's, mm. I'm here waiting for things to go wrong, waiting for someone who needs some help. And I've delegated all the other things. My, my recent model is, is uh, not that just I've got a Teflon desk, but it's got two legs shorter than the other. If you ask me to do something, it will immediately go to someone else. That's just my... Default for benefit style because yeah. I don't benefit. I can't afford to get cluttered with mm. all the stuff of doing. But that's that's the key is that you you've clued into that secret and it, it's sad that it's a secret, but it it's being able to delegate and take things off your place to take things off your plate to be available is such a critical component of that success. Otherwise, you do just get bogged down in meetings, deliverables, deadlines yeah. that, that take you away from being a, a, a present with your team. Yeah. So is leadership just delegation then? Is that is that a key part? A key part, a very key part. It's of gotta it. be a very key is part. It a cornerstone? It's, not, it's not all. Um it's not all. But cornerstone of good leadership, good delegation. Is that do you think we could say that? We might have come up with something new. I'd buy into that. Yeah, I think it's got to be, hasn't it? Any I think further thoughts? when I when I reflect on some of the coaching, a lot of the coaching that I'm doing right now, delegation is at the core of many of the challenges that our leaders are facing because they it starts. It usually starts out as a time management. Oh, I just don't have enough time. But that's there's no such thing as time management. We all have the same amount of time. You can't manage time. It's going to pass one Regardless. second. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to yeah. go anyway. It's a matter of how do you choose to use your time. And if you're choosing to use use your time to do rather than to be, you're never going to have enough time to get everything done that that you need to. And your team will be uh, infinitely unfulfilled and unsatisfied because they don't have enough time with you. They don't have enough time to to. Uh, uh, siphon off your expertise to to uh, benefit from your experiences because you're just heads down doing all day every day and, and i also think if they, when they get time with you is it time when you're at your best mm. so it's a really good point if you think about your home life for example 
Uh, I'm also not a fan of date nights, by the way, but some people like date nights. Date night, you kind of need to be at your best. You can't go to date night, moan about work, be tired, have be annoyed. But I feel like maybe that's the same with the team members. When they get hold of you for the time that you have available to them, do you, for example, make it seem like you haven't got enough time and therefore they they feel already from the start that they're on a clock and are you at your best? Uh, if you spend a lot of time with anybody when they're under time pressure and not their best, you won't feel that you've had a good connection with them. Whereas if your leaders know how to, even in pockets, have time and be at their best, then you'll feel you will feel regenerated through that that process of being around them. Well, and that's that gets into the concept of energy management. When are you at your best, and how do you set yourself up to be your best? What does it take for you as a leader to bring your best energy? Is and maybe it's time of day, maybe it's activities. I know many leaders they they'll take the morning to go for a run or do do you know exercise, bring that physical nature to their their job. Others they do their best work later in the afternoon, and so they. They, they structure their day such that their energy is maximized for their, their team when they, yeah. when they need it. Mm. Yeah. So, so I think that's another part of the process is how much energy you've got. Yeah. And uh, I, I trained under a really very cool person that talked about what a business is. And basically it's a product or service, a distribution method, and energy. And as a, as a leader of a business, if you haven't got a good product or service, don't have a good distribution method, or don't have the energy, your business isn't going to grow. So the the energy component, again, is really, really important. It's partly why I try not to be overloaded, try not to be barcoded, recommend to leaders that I coach. I go th- It's actually one of the first things I do with leaders I coach. Can you send me a screenshot of your diary this week? And they'll send it. And I'll say, right, what's in your inbox? I'll send it. Right, okay. So where's the space to lead here? Mm. And, um, yeah, that... That having being in the moment, having that energy to me is really important. Yeah, so that availability, that energy, and good delegation, key cornerstones of good leadership. I'm wondering as well, as as we talk about it and we and we try and work these things out, could AI come up with a good leadership style for us? Maybe give it a bit of context about the kind of person you are, your personality, your team, size of team, the kind of work you do. Could AI help us out there? Save us a bit of reflection time. Can we go old old school for a second? Go for it. So I've run hundreds of leadership trainings. And after a while, I started asking people at the start of leadership training, who in this room in the last year has read a leadership book? How many hands would you think, if you're on a leadership course, so you're obviously interested in leadership, you're probably leading already. Out of 12 or 15 people, how many do you think have read a leadership book in the last year? Half. I think something about one. It's one or two, max. Mm. They may have listened to some leadership podcasts. Yeah, yeah. It really but should be more like half. I feel like... Or more. If you think about the body of knowledge that exists, everything's already there. From, you know, Marcus Aurelius all, all the way through to the modern day, I'm sure AI can distill that into some really sensible points. But I, I actually feel that the most people who are involved in leading at most levels are not actually that fascinated by it. So they're not actually growing intellectually or emotionally through that process. Mm. So, so, so whether it's AI or any any other medium that would help, perhaps we're not finding those things and, and using the resources that are available. Yeah, there's there's plenty, isn't there, that yeah. we could ask. AI I'm, is just, you crack on, just I'm gonna summarizing. Get, get, my, get my AI up and see what's... Yeah, you, you load up AI. Cody, what do you think? Could, I, could AI help us out with the leadership style? It can provide you information, but I think back to our conversation around be or do. It can tell you what to do. AI is not going to help you be. That's those are 
intrinsic motivators. Those, those are intrinsic decisions that you have to make that if you punch it into a, a, a chat bot, it's, it can tell you something, but that doesn't make it so. So I don't believe AI can replace leadership because to me, leadership is about people. And while it may be great for information, it may be great for ideas. It may be great for, for brainstorming, for there's definitely tasks that AI can do better than humans. It's, but leadership, when it's all about humans, that can't be outsourced to a, a bot or an algorithm. You said something interesting there that it will, it will tell you what to do, not really how to be. I suppose even if you asked it, what kind of leader should I be? And it will say, be available. And you'll say, okay, AI, how, how, how do I be more available? And it will say, well, make time blocks in your calendar. That's a do thing. So something you've got to go and do. It's like, no, no, no. How, how do I be that kind of leader? It can't mm. really mm. tell you. I've actually, so I do have the quick generated list. I've put in my specific problem. How can I be a better executive level leader? Great. Um, I've got 10 things to work on, which is already too much. <laughs> you should have told it. How None of them are specific to me or my context. Right. I could have put in a bit more, but um, more self-awareness. Cody's point, number one. Uh, have a clear vision. Everyone knows that. Uh, continuously learn and adapt. I mean, we all know that, don't we? It's uh, nothing really, is it? Foster effective communication. I mean, isn't that business 101? Build a high-performing team. I mean, it feels like quite a lot of the key cliches. Mm. Lead, develop strategic thinking, cultivate. And there's nothing that's really lead by example. Prioritize self-care. Everything we've said, everything that's obvious, in the first round... So I think, I think whether it's AI, Google, any other body of knowledge, mm. it's all there. And by the time you've done the work of putting in more of the context and giving it more of the specifics, you could have dipped into a leadership book or had a chat with Cody yeah. and he could have shared a few thoughts. Yeah, but it's so contextually driven, Chris, isn't it? Mm. That's the thing that's fascinating to me. Yeah. It's not just, I did this for uh, Samsung, actually, when I was doing some work at Samsung. How could I be a better leader at Samsung? Got chat, GP. It, it gave me some good points, actually. At first, it said you need to understand Samsung's product, but it also then gave me some pointers about Samsung's specific culture, which is quite hierarchical in some ways, but with a lot of local localization. It said you really need to understand your market, which I know is true from working there. Uh, but it, it can't then tell me, okay, so I've got this guy called Chris. <laughs> yeah. And this is what's going on. He's got, he's got Olivia. He's, he was recording a serial podcast with her every week. <laughs> yeah. And he's really, he used to be a graphic designer. Uh, like, what, how do I do a better job of leading him? Or, I think that's I think that super contextual information is why human the human touch is really valuable in leadership development. What's the most underestimated characteristic of a great leader? We talked about cornerstones. What are people not talking about? What's AI never going to come up with that is a great aspect of a leader? Oh yeah, this is good. What do you think, Chris? Have you got one? Because you so what are the things that you think no one could ever teach you, no one could ever tell you? I think AI will never tell you to be selfish. Okay. To be a great leader. I think that's an underestimated Holy characteristic moly. of a leader. All right, say more. You've got to think about yourself, haven't you? You've got to you've got to put yourself first sometimes. We've talked about how our leadership style is thinking about other people. Holy moly. And so we've moly. got to actually lean in to being selfish, mm. to think about ourselves, to have the right energy levels, mm. uh, to show up with the right kind of character. We're often thinking about our team. How are they doing? What's Jonna thinking? Is Jonna happy with what we've delivered this week, but actually I've got to be a bit more selfish and think, yeah. am, am I happy with what I'm delivering? Yeah, yeah. Am I, Chris, am I bringing my best you, self to work? Working with you is a profound experience and I love that you're prepared to dig into the things that no one else is prepared to say, but I 100% agree with that. 
Do you think you've got to lead yourself first, haven't you? Yeah. And uh, uh, whilst doing so can be an uh, act of serving others, be, being clear about what you actually want, what the standard that you actually want is, is, is really a great thing. I believe in selflessness as well, and maybe I, AI would come up with that, but... So you're two, t- two sides to the... Two sides to the... That's right, two sides of the same coin. Coin, if only there was an expression for that. They should come up with something like that. Like, we, because coin is phrase. two sides, it's the same coin, yeah. but it looks completely different. Yeah. Why isn't there like a, a pithy phrase that, that people can be, use? That'd be really helpful if yeah. anyone can let us know what... Yeah, maybe try and play with those words and kind of yeah. make some suggestions yeah. in the comments. Yeah, what do you think? Do you think things that the unspeakable, the, the, Chris has brought up selfishness. Um, what are the things that you think are not cornerstones, but things that, things that no one would know? I think you have to let go. I think you have to let go of control. I think you have to let go of your assumptions. You have to let go of what you think is right. And so as much as, so in counterpoint to being being selfish, and, and I, I agree, I, I use the, I know we all use the airplane oxygen mask mm. analogy. Mm. You got you to gotta take care of yourself first. Mm. Um, once you've done that, then it does have to be less about you. And it has to be more about whether it's data or the, uh, the team that you're serving or the team that is, uh, you're, you're working with. Too many leaders I see fall into traps of they feel that they have to know everything. They have to be the best. They have to do everything. Let go. Let go. Mm. Let go. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you let go? Is it a case of just saying, I'm letting go? Is it more than that? It's a leap of faith. You have to trust in others more than you trust in yourself. Right. So you have to have that baseline trust in yourself, but there has to be, at some point you have to say, I'm, I will believe in the team more than I will believe in, in myself. And I will, so delegation, that's one of the biggest barriers to leaders delegating is that they don't feel that the team can't or some individual, if they give this task to that, they'll do it as well as they do. And often they're right, but you have to trust that they'll, they'll get there. And maybe imperfection and being okay with imperfection, that it's okay that if they don't, if that person doesn't get it done exactly the way you wanted them to, or exactly to the standards that they, that you would have done, that good enough is good enough. And being okay with that. Yeah. I, I had a moment of letting go recently, actually. Oh, really? I was, I was a bit ill, but not very ill. You know, one of those days where you're like, do I go into work? Can I work? Do I work from home? Can I work from bed? And I probably could have pushed through and made myself a bit more ill. But my team were working on presentation, marketing presentation that we were going to present back internally. And I wanted to put a few hours in and, and help and shape it up, make it great. But I let go. I was like, the team can handle that yep. between them. I'm going to trust that they will do as good or better job than I would. And it was better than if I'd played around with it for a few hours. And it's, it's amazing what can happen when you do let go and people step up suddenly that wouldn't have stepped up if you hadn't let go. Absolutely. Mm. And sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow when you realize, wow, they did a better job than I, I might have been able to. But that's also yeah. so empowering because then you can say, well, great. I now know you can do a better job than I can. So here's, you can then... Feed them more. Johnny gets really annoyed when the team do a better job than you Yeah, but also, let's face it, often they do a worse job than you can do. (laughs) And you have to go and give them feedback. And uh, and also, sometimes they do a worse job and uh, you just settle for that being okay. And a part of you dies. You don't do that, though. You don't really settle. I do. Do you? Loads of times, yeah. How often? It just annoys me. But I have to. 
Because do you suppress it? Yeah, I feel like you challenge it quite often though. Yeah, as a just imagine how much I challenge it if I didn't suppress it as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's worrying, isn't it? So, John, what is the, a secret in your mind of a of a leader? I think the Chat GPT, Google literature, they they give you the cornerstones, but the the hidden source. I'm going to steal a couple of things from Rachel, one of our leadership experts here. So when we hired, we got very very rigorous hiring process when we hired her. She seemed excellent, but looks and appearances can be deceptive. So um, didn't take that face value, but I managed to get a one-to-one afterwards because she'd studied philosophy. And as, as actually quite a few of the people at IW studied philosophy more than psychology or other things. And um, so it's it's an exercise of right thinking, isn't it? Versus, again, what we're talking about, like, can I replicate other practices? It's actually right thinking. But I said to her, like, okay, so you've done great in this assessment and I think you'd get on really well here, but I'm really curious. You studied philosophy. What did you actually learn from that that you yourself can actually take into day-to-day life? And she said, I don't want to be a bit, 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 bit um, off here, but the thing that really grasped me through this whole process is some of the stuff from Martin Heidegger, who was a 20th century philosopher, and said, he said, uh, there's a, a notion, she said, there's a notion of uh, Dacin, which is the capacity to conceive of our own death. This is, I mean, this is on a job interview, guys. Yeah. It's a wild card uh, yeah. thought. Yeah. But she said, like, when I was studying philosophy, I had the feeling that this uh, this idea that if we could realise how short life is and that we're all going to die, uh, it makes you really try and live each day. Um, and I think there's a there's a part of that. I think in the the meta narrative, like we forget, we maybe daily forget how short life is. It's true, and that each day is to be really embraced and really, um, you know taken hold of Nietzsche actually Nietzsche another famous philosopher he he had a system where he'd say imagine that you lived your life this exact life forever on repeat so you've got your 80 years whatever and ev- and that just went on to a loop would you really be happy with that the the what the loop you're in now of your life mm. imagine if that's all that's you had to play that you're on repeat do it again. for the rest of your yeah. eternity what would you make that one life yeah what would you make that loop? one life if you were going to live that on repeat I mean, what would you actually do with it? So I, I think that a lot of leaders at the fundamental philosophical level, they would do well to try and borrow more from philosophy necessarily than psychology, which is full of strategies and tips and tactics and research. But yeah, I mean, you've got this one life, this one day, this one podcast, maybe if you're traveling, this one flight, a meal, this one meal, a child, this one child, a partner, this one partner, a job job yeah this job this job this moment in your life will never come again this job this moment this day like what are you going to make of it what are you going to do as a leader and um i think that's for me the the hidden part is the philosophy of what underpins why why you operate in the world and what you're trying Mm. to do and maybe again i don't even think you need to necessarily define a purpose i don't think you need to say well because I've only got one life, I'm going to dedicate myself to this. It's like, just hold that awareness. Hold the realisation that everyone who works here today, in a year's time, maybe 5%, 10% will not be here. Mm. You've got a chance for a relationship with that person for a brief moment, for part of their career. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to encourage them? Toby, Ruben, they're here for a couple of months. Are we going to delegate a ton of admin to them? Or are we going to take them on an international trip, get them to the US, get them outside of their own beliefs like uh, that's how i think as a leader that we can and should be doing and um yeah so i guess yeah um think about dicing so the word i would use to describe that and maybe and i forgive me if i'm now 
reducing it down and dumbing it down. But to me, that's intentionality. Yeah, You've got to be. I can't forgive that. You're just dumbing it down. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> no, I thought I did so well. Like, some I thought I operated at that level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just stick it into a buzzword. Thank you. <laughs> but when I, because when I hear that, I, to me, that seems exhausting. That seems overwhelming. That yeah. I'm going to try to maximize every moment of every day. You didn't say maximize it. So for Maybe me, that's it's, how you're you putting a schedule. You're yeah. putting a schedule in place for it. Like, what you've got to do. I think that's your interpretation. That, is you yeah, yeah. hear that and you think I have to maximize. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Because it's on a loop. I don't think that. So you if, might want to minimize. Enjoy. Because it's going to be on a loop. Like yeah. how draining would it be if you maximized? If I tried to maximize it's going to be on a loop. It, yeah, that's, it's, uh, some people say, don't they? If, the, if you knew this was your last day on earth, what would you do? Yeah. I'd just do what I did yesterday. I, I just, I live every day as if, it, as if it's your last. doesn't mean... Uh, every day should be a road, like the yeah, highest yeah, yeah. pinnacle. Yeah. Like surely a normal day is the best day for me. Yeah, like why just go skydiving or something? Just <laughs> would you go what? skydiving? I don't want to go skydiving. So I might call, I might call my mum. <laughs> you would want to go skydiving. I would want to go skydiving. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that's something I've always wanted to do. But back to your comment about being selfish, that as a leader, if you are constantly trying to, and again, I'll, my word, maximize every moment for your team, for the for the business, for the clients, for for the results it will get overwhelming. So to your point about, well, I would just do it what I did yesterday because you've set your life up that it's, you you, you do what you want to do. Again, I'm-, I'm So that's optimal maybe. I probably, optimal, I, yeah. Also, I prioritize a very, very simple life. And I think that's another thing that maybe is the cornerstone. Like it's, if you, I mean, people say to me sometimes, oh man, you know, I don't know how you have so much energy. It's like, I can tell you I've got so much energy. I go to bed at nine, 9.30, nearly every night. Yeah, fit around my phone a bit, looking at some news. Maybe I'd sleep at 10, 10.30. Maybe I don't. But then at the weekend, did nothing. And everyone, I think people's conception of what people are like. So my, my secret superpower is that I make a lot of space, don't do a lot. I've got, I've done a lot of business travel. Never barcoded if I can avoid it. Never arrive in too close to the time I'll go have an extra day. You, you, and this must annoy you when I come to America, but go to America to see Cody he doesn't see me for two days. I'm having a weekend and then the first day I just wander around Manhattan, collect myself, <laughs> then do some stuff. But I feel like that's, uh, yeah, there's, there's the maximizing is feeling like life's too short and life isn't mm. too short. Life's mm. four score and 10. I wonder if the value of that, that thinking about, thinking about the, the, the concept of one day you're going to die, life is short, all that kind of thinking is if you would change your approach mm. with some of that thinking, mm. then that's, uh, a, a moment of concern. It doesn't matter what you would do. Yeah, my, for me, it if says you would dramatically change. Mine says, mine says enjoy today. That's really interesting. My, for me, it says enjoy today. It doesn't say do more, be more, like change your approach, change your style. style. Don't, don't change anything. Just, just enjoy today. You know, if I unfortunately got hit by a car on the way home, I'd be very happy that this morning I dropped my son at sports day and that, that was it. You know, so I think the, that's, that's, if we relate it back to leadership and style, if you're mm. under this incredible pressure to, do more or be more or be bigger than you are or anything else, it's going to work against you. If you can truly accept and, and mm, um, mm. be yourself, mm. leadership yeah. being. I think what I'm reflecting on is that you've set up your, your life based on values in a, in a way that you're comfortable with. That means thinking about life is short doesn't derail. Yeah, there's your, no mortgage on, I'm not, I don't feel yeah. like I'm mortgaged on my life that yeah. I'm paying in now and I'm in debt that I've got to try to cover it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. But the, what do you think? The, the, the part about simplicity, I think, is really profound as well. That even within leadership, 
in our discussion today, ChatGPT gave you 10 things. I mean, that's mm. to your point. That is way too many. No coach would give you 10 things, would they? <laughs> no, we, we overcomplicate so much in, in leadership. Leadership is about people. It's about helping people achieve something great, achieve something better than they thought they could. And for all of the millions of books, thousands of podcasts and articles, it's, it really is comes down to you and that individual and how do you connect with them on that personal level and how do, what are they motivated by and how do you then align whatever it is around their motivations and set them on their way. We should wrap up our podcast, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure again. Uh, John, before we do, tell us a little bit about how interactive workshops are helping leaders lead in effective ways. Well, Chris, I'd first of all like to thank you for leading us through the podcast. You're very welcome. I think leaders don't get enough of positive feedback. And uh, as Cody pointed out, uh, before the show, having listened to these, we both think he's doing a fantastic job, don't we, Chris? Absolutely. Thank Demi, you both. Demi Cody. Absolutely. <laughs> Easy with great guests. Um, but but you've prepared the podcast, you've organised the filming, you've organised the, the uh, show notes, you've got booked the guest, you've got the table, you've worn the shirt, and all of that extra effort that none of us had to make, and we appreciate your role model and your example. Not at all. I've also got a shout out Sam behind the cam, as usual. Of course, because you unapologetically job. delegated important elements to other people and demonstrated your leadership skills and using a team to get it done, not doing it by yourself. Um, and also, you haven't dominated us and uh, made us feel that we're subservient to you, even though you're the leader of the podcast. Not my style. You've empowered us and got us going. You've accepted us as we are. And I guess, uh, all joking aside, that's these are some of the things that when we're doing leadership development in IW, we're trying to do. We're trying to help people I mean, first of all, be, be, find the baseline and sales and make sure that they understand that they're a truly unique human being with wonderful characteristics, obviously strengths and weaknesses. So we all also have a dark side. We've all got a, a bit of a dark side to us mm. that can at times dominate. Uh, and then depending on the level, if you're a junior leader, we might be working on things like simple delegation and communication skills and maybe not necessarily setting a vision, but motivating a team. And then as things change, you go up the gears, you might move through some of those more um, typical leader type topics, the vision, motivation, and uh, leading an organization. And then at the top level, we might be doing leaders, leading leaders and the tricky elements of executive leadership. And yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And sometimes we're running programs, sometimes we're building, building collateral. Sometimes they're one hit wonders a few days. And sometimes it's, we've got programs that are running here for big international companies that are at least a year. Some of our leadership programs are two years long with face-to-face -face virtual events, digital um, and adventures happening all over the place. So it's, re it's really, really fun. And partly why I love the topic as well is that the background level of society is ever-changing. And so what was a good leadership style two years ago is already becoming redundant. Things move on constantly. And again, how can you be a great leader today when we're creating those programs for our clients? We're thinking about how to lead now, today, and in the next few years in their context. And, and that's, for me, what makes the, that, that leadership development fascinating. The context may change, but the importance of great leaders doesn't change. Yeah. That is an ever-constant in society. So the, the, the values are the core characteristics in an ever-changing world. Yeah. I mean, what a beautiful uh, way to spend your working life. Yeah, it's a great thing to do, isn't it? Life is short, but that shouldn't change our approach. Chris, you keep being selfish, you. <laughs> I will. Good <laughs> microphone. Uh, thank you for joining us for this episode. If you've liked it, please do react in all the various ways around this podcast, whether you can like it, comment, leave a reply. We love all that. A review. Yeah, subscribe. Yeah. And if you want to uh, meet us in person, we run in-person events all the time. So you can meet these delightful people uh, in New York, 
We run events in London. We run events and virtually. So anywhere you are in the world, you could join us for an event. Come, come and Chris. join. Interactiveworkshops.com slash events. Thanks very much for hosting. And uh, Chris, Cody, see you again soon. See you soon, gents. Thank you both. Bye.